everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in. Today, I am joined with Danny Butterly. Danny is a yoga instructor, and she has an amazing story about her journey with her autoimmune disease. She was diagnosed when she was around 15 years old, and ever since then, it was this journey of self-discovery and really trying to heal from within, which eventually led her to writing her book called Fuck the System. So she really takes a stance on healing from within and listening to your own body. And we had such an awesome chat and we really talk about everything from meditation to yoga, traveling at a young age, wanting to kind of escape the matrix, so to speak, right, of of wanting to pursue your own path. We really just dive into it all and we just had such an awesome conversation and she is so inspiring and insightful and open and honest about her journey and her experience. So I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation and hopefully take something away from it. I certainly enjoyed our talk and it was so fun. We had a little bit of technical problems at the beginning of trying to get this thing ready to go. And let me just tell you guys, Mercury Retrograde is real. I've been having a lot of tech issues lately. This is my new laptop finally. Um, So you missed an episode last week, but here we are. We're back up and rolling and I'm so excited for you to hear what Danny has to share. She is so incredible. So without further ado, my friends, you know what to do. Go ahead and stay tuned. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Philosophy Fitness Podcast. Today, I am joined with Danny Butterly. We had some technical problems here before we got started, but we finally got it figured out. Yes, that was quite the the little whatever journey getting here, but we're yeah. here now. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Yes, it really was. But I'm so excited to have you on. And you're someone that I feel like has such an interesting story and background. And I'm just I'm so curious to kind of hear your journey. And um, for everybody tuning in, Danny has battled an autoimmune disease. So I really wanted to kind of just focus on diving into health journeys and exploration kind of outside of the system. And I could think of no better person, you know, to chat with, um, than you. So yeah, I just, I love you titled their book. Fuck the system. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, let's just start from the beginning. So, I mean, how old were you when you, you know, found out that you had this autoimmune disease? Yeah. So I was about, I was 15. I was in high school, about a freshman in high school, which was just like a really challenging young age for me to start to deal with health concerns. Um, because no one else, was dealing with anything health related that I knew of, at least I'm sure there were people, but I felt so alone in it. And so just like, it was like, I self ostracized myself in a way in my mind, like I still had friends and stuff, but I felt very like different from other people. And it's really shaped me into like who I am now and the path that I'm on now. Like I still, I still am kind of like a loner in my own way, but I've like grown into being this like loner that like loves it and like has different groups of friends. Um, that are like, I'm, I'm friends with everyone, but I swear it's from my autoimmune condition and just feeling a little bit different, but then using that as my, like part of my superpower to be able to get along with everyone. And, um, yeah, so diagnosed with, they called it lupus when I was 15. And now I've been to so many different room, uh, rheumatoid or that they now say it's like mixed connective tissue disorder. I've had a couple different diagnoses, but it's basically different symptoms. It's hard to diagnose an autoimmune condition. They just take all these different symptoms and slap a name on it, which I am not about. I'm like, don't identify, like, don't put a name on it. Just, just look at symptoms and try to de- try to go into like the deeper thing, deeper message behind the whole disease instead of putting a name on it. Because when you're young and I hear these disease, disease names, then I start to, you know, identify with it. And I don't think that's necessarily a good way to do it. I wish that my doctors hadn't really slapped a name on me at such a young age. And instead we're like, okay, we have some imbalances here. We have some imbalances here. Maybe we can look at your diet, look at your lifestyle, look at your stress levels, look at your past, your history, like how you're treating yourself in your mind. And instead of giving me steroids and, blood thinners been like, okay, let's, let's look at your whole life and go from there. 
you know, which is why I'm on this path now to look at lifestyle and health and yoga and, and mindfulness and seeing how it's all correlated. It's not just, you know, this random event, this random disease that you get randomly, like it's all for, for everything. Yeah. I, there's a few things you said that kind of stood out to me. One of them is how, you know, when you were younger, you said that you sort of kind of took on the identity of somebody saying like you have lupus and then it's like you get caught in that box. And I think what happens, um, and even I think in my life, it's happened in some situations. It's like, you start to put a label on something and then you start to embody that identity where it's like, that becomes who you are. You know, I think that's something that happens, especially with people that have, you know, diseases or chronic illnesses too, is that that starts to become such a core part of your identity that you almost like can perpetuate that cycle of like living in that state. Do you feel like that was the case for you? Totally. Then you start to like almost manifest it. Even if I like didn't have whatever, like just the name, then you're just like living in this vibration of having it and you're like creating it yourself. And it's, it's really weird. I think labels are a very weird thing to do or to have, even like as a yoga teacher, I think about that. Like, I don't, it's taken me a long time to to say I'm a yoga teacher just because I didn't feel like fully, uh, embodied in it or something. I had that imposter syndrome for a little bit. I was like, I'm teaching it. Like I know this stuff, but I didn't feel like I was, you know, as good of a teacher as a lot of my teachers and whatnot. It's taken me a long time, but I think, yeah, labels are interesting and hard to get away from. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You just have to be careful with them, especially when it comes to like disease related things or health related things definitely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like, um, you think of like spelling, right? It's like you're casting spells with your words. That's something that, um, another guest had said a a few episodes ago. And like, it's so true. It's like when you're constantly telling yourself, you know, I'm, I'm this, like, this is me, this is who I am. I think even beyond a chronic illness, you know, people get so tied up in their profession as like the sole part of their identity too. Like, Oh, I'm a finance person or I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, there's so much more to you than just, this one label. So such a weird concept to explore because we are unique and we have different egos. Everyone, I believe that everyone has an ego until they die. And you can have like humbling experiences that I think people relate to having like an ego death, but I don't think your ego completely leaves you um, until you actually like physically die. But we are also all like the same in our core. It's such a weird thing because I'm like, I know we are all the same deep down. We have all the same like hopes, desires, wishes, dreams. Like we all experience suffering. We all experience joy um, to different levels. I think some people are probably a little bit more numb to to the highs and lows. Um, That's a whole different subject. But Mm. uh, then we all have different unique expressions of the oneness, you know, how we go about expressing um, that that creation or whatever it is inside is all different. Um, and I think that's where our identities and stuff come out, but then we get so attached to them. Sometimes it's like, it's hard to, to move on to the next one, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do you let, like, if you're, you're on social media and you're saying, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And then all of a sudden you're like, actually I'm hitting my Saturn return. I want to be a painter or something like that's hard to just move on to the next thing. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. And something else you said too, is like the idea of imposter syndrome. That's something that I've struggled with for a long time is just doubting my knowledge. And I don't know if anyone even listening to this feels that way, or you feel this way where it's like, okay, I'm on this path. Like, I know that this is what I want to do, but at the same time, there's like the ego, basically, I think in the back of my mind is like, you don't know enough to do this. You know, it's like, you get caught in that trap, especially if you're trying to switch something or do something else you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that honestly happens way more with females. At least I've related to it with females. We have just like this underlying, like little bit of self-doubt, a little bit of like self-worth kind of thing that we deal with, with being like, who am I to, to share knowledge when I, I do think that females are super wise and intuitive and we probably read more books than a lot of men that are like speakers and well-known. And you're like, I know, I know all that. That is truth. I just have a little bit harder of an issue to like get it out there with confidence and with like clarity. And yeah, that's something I think um, females struggle with a little bit more than males um, from what I 
have seen and experienced within myself as well. Yeah, there is that 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 little bit of like, do I know enough? And you do, yeah. you know enough. And you are such a good speaker, by the way. I was listening. Oh, to thank you. <laughs> well, just like spoken. So don't ever doubt yourself. You, you yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. And and at, to anyone listening too, I mean, it's it's a human thing to experience, right? Everyone, I think. I don't know a single person on this planet that hasn't experienced, you know, doubting themselves at some point, if they have like, let me see them, you know, let me meet them. Um, I don't know, Tony Robbins, I swear that guy, like yeah. I went to his seminar and I'm just like, I mean, he's been doing it for 40 years. So maybe 40 years ago, he had a little bit yeah. of doubt, but yeah, just, I mean, he's, there's, there's some amazing people out there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, it's scary, right. To put yourself out there and it's scary to, you know, do something that's maybe against the norm and against the grain. So I'm kind of curious for you, like, especially with your, um, autoimmune disease, like, was it scary for you to kind of, I mean, I know your book is called fuck the system. So was it scary for you to finally give that middle finger to the stuff that wasn't working out? Like, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, it was definitely like, there was times where I'm like, who do I think I am? And especially naming it fuck the system. But I was kind of like, go bear, go, go home. Like I just, why not? And it just like that, that was the only title for me that really like embodied what I was the message that I wanted to share. Even if nobody even like read the book, like that was like kind of the point you didn't have to read the book to like, kind of know what I was saying that I was against the Western medicine, not completely. Like I love Western medicine. It's saved a lot of people's lives, but just like the mixing of the two and just having been, um, you know, told different things and given just being a number, another number within the system. And, and I think a lot of people are fed up with that and, and prices and all of the corruption that goes behind the medical system right now is just not, not good. Um, but it definitely took a lot of courage and like, yeah, I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe I do, I'm doing this. And I think that's part of the reason why I've done a little bit of marketing and stuff, but I feel like I didn't fully go into it as much as I knew I could have been for like a successful launch and a successful, like I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs and what they do to launch their, their supplement companies or their books or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I didn't do like part of that was because I was scared. I was nervous. I was like, do I really believe in this? I'm just going to like make a little video and like slyly put it out there and just like share my message in this, like, like, I guess not smaller way. Cause the name was really bold, but I know I could have done more behind it. But I'm like, okay with that. I'm like, I didn't need to like fully blow like all of also all of my money on marketing. Yeah. A lot of money to do marketing correctly. Um, yeah. So I, that, that factored into that, just being like a little bit scared about it. Like I knew I was putting it out, but I was, I still had doubts in it. Um, but now, I mean, I get people like reading it randomly and everyone that has actually opened it up and read it and gone, gotten to the end, like they have said such amazing things. And like, I know I'm doing my work and it's part of my Dharma to, to share that message. And it has inspired a lot of people. And even a lot of people that don't have autoimmune conditions have read it and just been like, wow, like, and it feels really good that people have like, like they know me more every now and then you get a message or someone that's read it. And it's like, that's what makes it worth it. That is the point. <laughs> We're all yeah. walking home and, you know, you can do it in small levels, big scale. You can do it. And yeah, there's all the different levels that you can be reaching to people. And I get caught up in that sometimes too. Cause I think I did want to like, like, I think we have dreams of like reaching millions of people or whatever, but but then I remind myself, no, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're reaching one, two people, like that's amazing, you know? And yeah. I just have to remind myself that sometimes. That's so underrated. There's so much that I love about what you just said, but I think the biggest thing is, well, a couple of things. First off that I think that vulnerability is such a sign of strength. And I so admire anyone that, you know, puts themselves out there and speaks their truth and shares their truth because you never know like who's listening, who's watching, who's reading. And like you said, there could, you could talk to a thousand people and it could mean nothing, but you could talk to one person and just like completely change their life, you know, with what you say. And 
Um, having the courage to, to put yourself out there in such a bold way, I think is so powerful. And it's so refreshing to see, especially nowadays, you know, I think with everything that's been going on the last year, everybody's kind of struggling really to find their way. And we've also had a lot of time to dive inward too. So, you know, seeing more and more people kind of just speak up about what they care about and recognize that, okay, it's not a weakness for me to be vulnerable or to talk about what I'm struggling with or going through. Like it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are realizing that now vulnerability is strength and letting your walls down is actually, yeah, super courageous, but it's easier said than done. Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. Within Steven and I's relationship, when I get really mad, like I have this side of me that gets really like, kind of not like I I will get mad. We will fight and I'll be like embarrassed about it. Cause I'm like, how did I like allow myself to get into that emotional state? And I don't really share that that much, but yeah, sharing it. Cause I'm trying to think of something that I don't share. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, for me, so I, I stopped drinking like at the end of 2019. And when I first stopped, I was like kind of ashamed about it just because I thought people would judge me or, you know, think differently of me. And then like six months through, I finally decided to, to speak out about it. And it was like the total opposite. People were like, oh my God, like I'm going through the same thing. Like, thank you for, you know, sharing that. And it's just made me realize like there's so much power in putting yourself out there too. And I don't know if you feel this way, even with writing your book, if even just like doing that was like super rewarding just to know that like you got that out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was like, I had to do it. I wasn't, okay. So I wrote that book, like partially for healing, like of myself to like, understand what had gone on in my mind and my journey and my travels and my, um, experiences. Cause I had some like just crazy, like transcendental experiences within my meditations that made me understand that we are all one and like vibration and all the woo woo stuff was like real. And that's like, I needed to like understand that. So I wrote it for myself until like maybe halfway through, I was like, I'm going to share this. And I don't know. Then it just became like this thing that, yeah, it felt really good to, to share with the world. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah, no, I'm kind of curious though, since you brought it up, what is, um, what's the craziest meditation experience you've had? Um, that was, so I was in Thailand. I, I write about this kind of early on in the book, actually. Um, I was just doing, a, I had like this little like numb headache right here from, I don't know, it was just being out in the day. And so I was back meditating. This is like kind of early into my meditation journey. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I was watching like documentaries and mind body connection. And I was, anyways, I was trying to get rid of this headache. So I was like, oming, I was like humming. Cause I felt like the vibrations were good. So I was just lying on the floor. I was like, oming, like, hmm, like kind of like humming and oming. And, and then I was like holding my breath too. And I had never heard of like breath retention or kumbhaka, we call it in, in yoga philosophy, um, or just like a breath hold. Steven does them in somatic release. And I was just doing them naturally just cause I don't really know. I was just holding my breath. And And then I started like in my mind's eye, I started seeing this like little white light that the longer I held my breath, the long, like the bigger the light would get. And it was really, really trippy. And looking back on it, like I, I realized I'm pretty sure I was like playing with life and death in like a way. Cause I was, it wasn't even like I was consciously thinking about it either. I just saw this like white light and it was like, I was like a bug being attracted to it. And I was like, oh, that's like, so I'd hold my breath longer. The white, the light would get bigger. I'd hold my breath longer. I'd like breathe, you know, ohm or whatever, and then hold my breath. And then I was like, the light, like it came around me. I went, I fucking went into this like light that was in my mind's eye. And then I was like in the cosmos. I was like doing like work screws and like stars were all around me. And it was like the most crazy experience. And I was like, oh my God. And then I breathed and I came back to my body. I'm pretty sure my consciousness just left for a little bit, came back to the body. And I was like, I like gasped for air. And then I was like, oh my God, like, am I even here? I didn't even want to open my eyes. Cause I was like, Wow. And then ever since then, like, just, I, I remember I went to the mirror after I looked in the mirror and I just saw myself in this, just like completely different way. I was like, who is that? I was like, felt like I was still a little bit detached. I was like looking at myself, like I was, um, 
someone who I've never met, like a stranger would view me. And I was like, wow. And then that night I just had some like just crazy dreams, um, that became honestly a little bit dark in a way. Like it was like creepy things in my dreams. I think I opened myself up into like different realms without any protection. Like I just went like putting a bubble around myself for anything. And I was like, just this, like some, like all these different spirits were around me. At least that's what since then, before I even believed in spirits and everything, I was like, just going through this thing alone in Thailand, like what the shit is happening. And then I I started reaching out to people who I like thought might know what was going on. And then I talked to people who were like very, very spiritual people that I didn't, um, not that I didn't resonate with, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it until I had that experience. And then I sought out some guidance. I was like, look, I'm like having some crazy things happen, like dreams, like posters falling down. Like it just, (laughs) and I was like, okay. So I had my landlords like bless the place. And that was my awakening. I was like, okay, wow. now I know in different realms and dimensions and it's not all like woo woo. Like it's all real. Like third eye just like blown yeah. <laughs> oh my god that sounds like your third eye was just like the lid flopped off <laughs> yeah it was definitely like a very intense like something like energetic experience yeah leave, something leaving the body like I don't really know exactly what happened I don't think I have to know exactly what happened I just know that it was real and that it changed my life completely yeah were you were you living in Thailand when that happened like or did yeah, the spirit follow you like- back uh, I was living in Thailand. I was there for six months. I was teaching English um, oh, okay. a little in a little town in the Isan region, which is like the Northeast. And it's not very touristy at all. I was like one of like five tourists in the area. So it was like all Thai people, very minimal English speaking people. I was just alone in this little tiny town. Wow. But that's how I wanted it. I was like, I need to, after graduating college, I was like, I want to go on my healing journey. I want to get away from the United States. I want to get away from my friends and family who I love so much, but I wanted to like discover who I was and do my soul searching. Why do I have this autoimmune condition? I felt like I couldn't get a normal job or do any of the like normal things unless I figured out my health because my health became just so important. It's like your health is wealth. You can't do anything else unless you're focusing on your health and yeah, that, that it just became so important to me that I couldn't even think about getting a normal job. I was like, yeah, that just like, and then I saw people two years older than me in normal jobs and still partying and doing all the same shit that they were doing in college. And I was like, I don't want to get wrapped up into that lifestyle of like, just wishing you were in college, but then having a job and bills to pay. I was like, I know there is like more to life. And so that's why I went on that whole journey. And then I was like, I want to understand meditation. And then I had that experience. And that was what I needed to know. Wow. Bonk on the head being like, wake up, wake the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I, I so resonate with what you're saying too. Cause I, I love like some of my friends, but I know people from my college now that are still caught in that cycle of partying like they did back in college, living for their weekends and like living for, you know, Oh, well, when I retire, I'll have fun. It's like, I don't want to live my life that way. Like Right. I quit the whole corporate world too. Cause I'm like, I, like you said, I know there's so much more to this life than yeah. being a slave at a desk for like 40 years to get like what, what? 10 years of, you know, freedom. I know it's okay. like, I just, it just so doesn't, um, well, not resonate. living presently. And I think yeah. you realize like what the present moment is and you really sink into the present moment and realize like, this is all we'll ever have this now here, like past future, like they're non-existent here is all that matters. Like, I feel like you start to like value your time that you have on earth more. And then you're like, it's just so soul sucking to sit at something, doing something that you, you don't enjoy, or you don't find fulfilling. You're not fulfilling your Dharma, your purpose. And yeah, the more presently you live, the more responsible you start to hold yourself for your life. And even if you're doing something entrepreneurial, that's like super challenging and you still have suffering and challenges in your days. You're like, I would rather have this kind of challenge than a challenge of like trying to be happy doing something I don't enjoy. Oh yeah. It's funny. Cause I always refer to 
the old corporate rat race. So I used to work in New York city, you know, I had the corporate desk job and it was like, that was what we were supposed to do. Right. Like I went to school and that's what my friends did. So I was like, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do too. Um, but I always call it soul sucking. So it's really funny you say that because that's literally how I felt doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see the, the movie? Um, oh my God. What is it? Soul. Oh, that's that Disney movie that everybody talks about, right? Yes. Have you seen no, it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I want no. to though. It's so good. There's this amazing scene where the guy is like, oh, there's like these lost souls or whatever. And in, in the, the cartoon world and they bring him, he's this like broker or something. He's working at the stock market and in wall street and they bring his lost soul. It's just like a short little clip back to his body. And then he's like, Oh my God. He like realizes like he was doing everything. Like he wasn't living presently. It's just a great. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. No, everybody raves about that movie. It's like been on my list for a while. So yeah. Well, now you gotta see it. Yeah. Now I definitely do. 2020 for sure. I think it was came out in 2020, right? Yeah, I think so. It came out recently. I know like within like the last year or two, probably maybe 2021. I don't remember. It's already June. Yeah. I I honestly, yeah, I can't even keep track. (laughs) I can't either. I'm like, what is going on here? But it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, that I can't get over that meditation story. That's like mind blowing to me. I've had a few, I've had a few interesting meditation experiences, but nothing quite like that. Like I've, I've come close to an out of body experience, but I get scared and then I take myself out of it. Like I'll feel my whole body start to like pulsate and then like lift up but then I'm like oh no I'm not ready for this <laughs> yeah that's like a DMT <laughs> yeah I'm like this is I can't I can't do this you so should do somatic release breath work because that kind of simulates a near-death experience in a way it releases different yeah. chemicals in your brain and and yeah um but that meditation definitely changed my life and I don't think you need to have those kind of meditations all the time I think like it just that was like yeah my, that seems now, like that's profound enough for a while <laughs> For a while. And then yeah. maybe another one in 10 years or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, definitely opened up my third eye though, because now I still have like, I feel like I get in my own way quite frequently, but when I am a very, like when I sit down and I connect with my heart and I find this like purity, like a pure seekerness where it's not coming from ego, it's coming from this like pure faith of wanting to be love or connect with love. And like, that's when I'll have like, um, kind of like these weird visions, like in my dreams or like, I get, I get, um, like flashes of images in my third eye that, um, I know that it's like a dream, but it's not a dream because I, I feel like it's a download. Like I, I wish yes. downloads versus dreams. Dreams are just kind of like random downloads is like something's being shown to me in my third eye, not usually in a meditation, but actually when I'm like in sleep, usually if I wake up at like, you know, four or 5.00 AM and then go back to sleep for another hour or two, that's when I have these kind of like, downloads. Oh yeah. That's like the sweet spot of time when it happens always. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you can remember it too, but it's like, it doesn't happen all the time, but I'll have like straight, just weird images. And I'll see like sacred geometry. Like one time, this only Mm -hmm. happened one time, but it was so beautiful. Like I saw, um, the Ajna chakra Lotus. This is like the thousand petal Lotus that like are depicted in, you know, drawings where it's like this, this circle with thousand petal Lotus and it's this violet color. And I've seen pictures of it, but like, I saw it in my fucking third eye. It was so wild. And I was like, my God, like it, and I was like barely awake. And then I, I started to like wake up more and then it went away, but I was like, Oh my God, that's where they get the drawings from. That's where like these yogis draw the picture from. And then I realized like sacred geometry is like all real. And anyways, very cool things. Yeah. Meditation is so mystical and it's, there's like so much to unpack within it. Like whenever I get downloads for me, it'll just be like, like words or just like a phrase will just like, whoosh, like come right in. in. Yeah. That like, that's what needs to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had that, um, with like words and stuff. I mean, I teach yoga and, and sometimes different messages come out and whatnot, but I want to get to be a better channel a better yeah. like out of my own way. Cause I know I think a lot and uh, I get in my own way from being this just like divine source of, of, uh, whatever I need to share. Um, so still working on that. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> I'm always trying to go deeper with my, with my meditation and stuff too. So I definitely want to try breath work at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You definitely should. Where are you located? I'm in New York. You're in Arizona, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I was born in Pennsylvania. So I know that. Oh, okay. Jersey. Is wow. Like yeah. Yeah. So I love the East coast, but yeah, New York has a lot of, I feel like interference. I would yeah. say in energies and being, cause everything's so compacted. And I would say doing meditations like early morning when things aren't hustle and bustle would have a lot more profound, like just experiences and being able to connect more. Cause I actually wrote about that in my book. When I first got back from traveling, I flew into JFK in New York mm -hmm. and that is in New York, right? JFK. Yeah. Yep. I was like, wait, is that the one? <laughs> um, but I just remember feeling the effects of like all of the taxis and the cars and the traffic and being like, how can I like connect with all of this different like madness going on, the chaos? It was like, this is all noise. It's all interference. Yeah. And it's like all of the different connections between our Bluetooth and AirPods and stuff. I swear it just all, it disconnects us from being able to connect with like source. Yeah. The struggle. So being yeah. definitely helps. New York is definitely like hustle culture in all caps. Like I even think too, I'm like, oh my God, like my headphones, I think about everything I have in the house. Like all this stuff is emitting frequencies and even, you know, walking around outside and there's 5g now, which is like, you know, that right. becomes a thing. Um, so it is, it's hard to like get away. Right. It's hard to find even, I mean, we are, we're wearing technology, right. like there it's, it's all, all around us. It's you know. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of curious too, when you started traveling, was that, was that like the catalyst to you really leaving the system? Or did you already say like, fuck this, I'm going to try my own thing before you left. I was like, feel like I was already on my way out. And that was like, my buffer zone of like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I know it's not getting corporate jobs. So I'm just going to, you know, travel a little bit and see where that leads me. And so, uh, yeah, I was already kind of like anti the system, I think. And it's just gotten more and more, but at the same time that I'm anti the system, I also like live within the system. And so I know to reach the the people who are like more system, you have to like be on both sides of things. Like I'm, yeah. as much as I am anti-system, like there are a lot of things that I do think are good too. And I'm not like, I don't want to be like a hater, you know, I don't want to be like super hater, even though I did say fuck system. <laughs> a big part, you know, there's that's yeah. love too. <laughs> <laughs> Because actually there is a message towards the end where it's like, fuck can also mean love. You know, it can, when you're making love, you're fucking or whatever. So it's kind of like, you have to love the system to heal it. So mm. in my own body, you have to yeah. love, I to love myself more to heal things that were, that's where the mind body connection comes in. And I was so hard on myself that I was creating this dissonance within my mind and my body, which manifested in like a physical dis-ease. And then I think of that in the whole system as a whole too. Like we can't necessarily like hate everything about it. We just have to like put more love into it. Like all the corporations out there, they need more love because they need to come from a heart centered place to be able to, to make the changes. Like one person can't make the change. The big, big corporations are going to the one, I mean, one person will make the change, but we need to get to the big corporations too, for them to make changes, yeah. but it takes one at a time. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> one at a time. Like I always say too, like start with yourself, right? If you want something to change, like look at yourself first. And I think that's something that's so powerful is if you're living in a state of, like you said, dis-ease or stress, or just viewing things from just this constant negative lens and putting that energy out there and you're trying to make change, it's not going to be as powerful as if you were to take that time to reflect inward and focus on loving yourself so that your cup is full. And then you can then, you know, spread that to other people. Yes, totally. I shouldn't say like one person can't make the difference. <laughs> I believe in it all. I believe in that one person, yeah. can make the difference, but I believe also that to make like big changes, like that one person needs to spread it to the next person, the next person, and then get up to the big corporations who can do the things like, I don't know, recycling and all the things that are going to help make the world a better place. And yeah, 
<laughs> it's like that. Like, um, I all the answers. I know the inspiration <laughs> to do it. I'm not the scientist or the engineer. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's kind of like um, you see those like silly, cheesy memes where they're like, um, what is it? It's like one, you can light one uh, candle or, and then you can spread it to like a thousand other candles and like that candle light still stays, you know, it's that same kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. philosophy, I feel like. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Candles are super cool. Yeah. Have you ever done like meditation with like candle flames? Yeah. That's what I was thinking when you said that I was like the candle flame one. Yeah. They like have the flicker and stuff, but like having that just when you have when it stays perfectly still. Yeah. That's what like, it's kind of symbolic. I was reading something about the mind. And so in yoga, we study the yoga sutra 1.2 is yoga chitta vritti narodaha, um, yeah, that's correct. And it means seeing <laughs> the fluctuations of the mind. And that's one of the goals of yoga is to see these fluctuations in your mind or distractions or just like dissonance and stuff that come in and take you out of the present or out of that peaceful state. And we all have them. They're just these vrittis or fluctuations. And it was like comparing that to a, a candle or some, something. It was a beautiful way it was written and watching the flame and doing this whole little dance is kind of like the fluctuations. And then if you can meditate on having that candle be like super still and just one line, that is your centered, focused, balanced mind. Um, and so staring at that candle can help to balance the mind and focus the mind. So I think candle gazing is pretty powerful as well. Yeah. I think also if you're feeling, if you're like someone that feels really distracted or you have a hard time, like starting out with meditation, like it's so hard when you're first starting to just sit there and be like, okay, like I'm breathing, like what, what am I supposed to do? But like, if it gives you something to kind of just focus your, your energy and your attention on, it can make it a little bit easier at least to, to find that center. Yes. That is part of the reason that I wrote that book as well, because I wanted to take someone on the journey of like someone who had just started meditating and not really understanding it and, and just doing it. All right. I'm going to do five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. And just like taking them through the journey. My mind was everywhere. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that, blah, blah, blah. And then just like continuing to do it over longer periods of time. It eventually stopped feeling like a chore of something that I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and meditate. It was like, oh my God, I want to meditate because I'm discovering so much about myself, discovering so much about life and the way I used to be and how I am now and just blah, blah, blah. And it was like this, like thing that I looked forward to in my day. And so part of the reason that I, I wrote that was just to give people like an inspiration to keep meditating, even if you don't feel like you're making any dent into what it is. And yeah. And then within that focusing on the mind, there's so many different ways to meditate. I can touch on that where you can meditate focusing on visualization, like a candle, if you're doing an eye open, eye opening I opened meditation or like visualizing a sun or a flower or a moon or something. Then there's also mantras where you can repeat different phrases or words in your head, trying to focus on that. Or there's like pranayama focusing on a different breathing technique for a period of time to try to concentrate the mind. Cause really what Westerners are doing before they reach a state of meditation, not Westerners, anyone, all of us, before we're in the state of meditation or samadhi, we're just concentrating. We're concentrating, we're withdrawing the the senses, trying to concentrate on the present, on that mantra, on that pranayama. And then eventually you have this extended period of concentration that just like focuses you in. And then you have the stillness, the silence. And then I think you have this, um, then you can reach meditation. But it's like when you sit down and close your eyes and focus on your breathing, you're not really meditating, you're just concentrating. And then you can find that state of meditation, which, you know, even within that, there's different states of samadhi, which is the word that we use for enlightenment or meditation. That's an interesting um, take on like just thinking of it as concentration. But I think that's true to an extent because it's not something that happens overnight, at least for me. Like when I started meditating, I was kind of just like, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was just like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, sit down, like breathe five minutes, whatever. And you let your thoughts race, you let them wander. And eventually, like you said, you get to that point where you start to just let the noise kind of trickle away. And then you go deeper and deeper. And like you said, meditating is like probably my favorite part of my day now. Like I love my meditation time and 
if I don't meditate for like a day or two, I feel like a difference. I don't know about you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right? Definitely way off rocker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely makes a difference. Yes. Also when yoga started like becoming a part of your journey for you, like, did you know that that was something that you always wanted to do before you kind of took that traveling journey or did that kind of come from traveling? It, I, it was in my life, but not, um, to the extent that it is now. I, my mom actually was an Ashtangi. So she introduced me to yoga when I was in high school, kind of around the same time that I was getting my autoimmune condition. But at that time I like, it wasn't as like cool as it is now. And like, I remember going to yoga and also my mom took me to like Ashtanga, which is like no music, all sweaty old people <laughs> and like right side, left side, triangle, right side, triangle, left side, revolve triangle. Like it was like boring, not the, like the flow stuff that we have now, the bells and whistles with the music and like the dance on your mat, which is kind of what I teach now, <laughs> but, um, it was just very traditional, like boring. And I was like, what is this? And I didn't even like tell people, like, I remember going to oh, school wow. that I wouldn't even like tell my friends. Cause I was like, this is so weird. Like, I'm not going to tell people that I do yoga. <laughs> I thought it was weird at that time. Yeah. It was like 10, whatever, 12 years ago, it was like not weird, but it wasn't as like Instagram, you know, yeah. whatever, however I changed it. So, um, but I, and so then I, I did my first teacher training when I was in high school, like a senior in high school. Cause my mom and I did like a two for one deal. She wanted to do it. And then it was like, we knew the studio owner and they're like, does Danny want to do it? And I was like, sure, I guess. So I kind of did it on the side of like having a job and being at school. And I didn't really like want to teach after that. Um, it was a different program than a lot of programs we have now, but I kind of just had a lot of seeds planted at that time because I wasn't really vocalizing things in the philosophy discussions. I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff that was being talked about, but I was like absorbing it. I was like listening. I think there were a lot of seeds that were planted at that time, which I'm so grateful for um, because then those seeds have definitely grown and grown and grown and become just more knowledge and wisdom now in my life. Uh, But then it was after... I practiced yoga a little bit through college, um, just here and there. I tried to go a decent amount, but I was also at U of A and kind of wrapped up in partying, trying to be normal, even though I had this autoimmune thing being like, I want to be normal, but I know I'm not. It was like this whole internal battle. And then it was after college that I was like, I don't care like about being normal. Fuck it. I need to focus on my health. That is first and foremost. And that's when I went to Thailand. And then that's when I had that meditation. And then from there, I was like, I need to like seek the masters. So I'm going to go to India and learn. Wow. From- so I went to India and I was like, okay, I realize you can do the same stuff at home too. But I just thought, you know, I was going to go to India and learn it all. Um, hmm. But yeah, so then I got a teacher training uh, second one in, in India. And then since then I've been teaching and teaching is a whole nother journey in and of itself of being like, Oh my gosh, like, how do you explain things? How do you get people to have the experiences to realize that they are one within, you know, an asana practice as well, which is just the physical and totally. I teach classes sometimes that are primarily like only asana. I try to like, try to have messages in there and infuse it with philosophy and stuff, but that's like, that's the journey. It's way harder yeah. than you would think. I'm sure. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. There's so many different styles of teaching yoga too, that, that it's, totally a journey but yoga is such an eye-opening just science like it's it's a religion it's not a religion they say it's yeah. not a religion because it's a um a step-by-step process instead of like a I, I write about this too yoga is like instead of a religion that's like here read this book and believe these things because we're reading these these verses to you or whatever and you're supposed to believe it yoga is like here try this try this chanting try this asana try this pranayama do it for this amount of time like see how it changes your life like experience the effects of these practices these tools that we're giving you and learn for yourself experience it and then you know in your heart in your soul you have those experiences rather than yeah like it's not a religion that's just like blindly believe this it's yeah like, it's like it searching is. inward like it's like here's yeah. what 
here's like a suggestion, but you need to like do the inner work to kind of get there. Yes. It's powerful. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. So would you have any kind of like advice for anyone that's, I mean, it could be for anyone, honestly, but like anyone that's dealing with an autoimmune disease or feeling like they're ready to say, fuck you to the system and kind of, you know, start their own path. Oh, I would say, yeah, say fuck you to system. No, um, <laughs> I would say do your own research. I would say that you are more intuitive than you would ever know and think. And that going, like, I think uh, so many people go to doctors and just give them their problems and hope that, you know, they know like what to do. But I've talked to so many doctors that they're just people too. The more doctors you talk to, the more that you realize like doctors are just doctors. Of course, they're in the field because they, you know, want to help people, but they have so many patients and they just don't know you you as much as you know you like you know your body so you need to be the scientist into your own body your own mind your own like symptoms and it's like healing comes from within always like even if a doctor gives you you know a band-aid or whatever it's your body that's healing you um if you've ever heard that before or that's no I haven't but that's wow or different pills you know they they give you pills to help your body make the chemicals that it is deficient in. It's still your body doing the healing. Like you're the one that is the healer. It can support you on it. And sometimes you think it's like the pill that's doing it, but really a lot of times the pill is just like, it's, it's, it's like the catalyst for something within you. Yeah. I don't know how to explain. Yes. It's helping your body do what it to do to heal yourself or it's suppressing this so that your body's not hyperactive in this way so that your body can heal itself. But it's like your body is the one that is the healer in the end. So supporting it with natural things, meditation, so much of diseases are stress-related, I believe, and breath-related as well. Um, I just was reading this book. Have you read Breath by James Nestor? No. Why? Is that? Is it like uh, breath work? Really good. I it's, it's a journalist who goes around and he just studies breathing and how it's a cause for so many different diseases. And it's basically an epidemic that humans are now breathing more shallow. He like studied skulls, which is really interesting about like Neanderthal skulls and our skulls now and how over time, like our brains have gotten, he says, evolution is just change. It doesn't have to be positive change. And we've had evolution with our schools and our brains have gotten bigger and kind of pushed our face forward, which have caused like more narrow pathways in our nose and mouth. And our breathing has gotten a lot less or a lot more shallow over time. It's like so fascinating. And also the foods that we eat are more processed. So we're not like tearing stuff and we don't have these like strong jaws. Like, so they study the schools and none of the schools used to have crooked teeth. None of the schools used to have to like, they had their wisdom teeth. Like now we all have braces. We all get our wisdom teeth out because our mouths have gotten smaller and our pathways have gotten smaller and our breath has gotten more shallow. And it's like, causing stress and stuff and all these different ailments and even allergies linked to it. So what is that book called? uh, Breathe by James Nestor. Wow. I got to check that out. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's a journalist who makes it really like entertaining too. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like we're in like a point of time now where it's like, I think so many of us have forgotten just how powerful it is to just dive inward, right? And like listen to our bodies rather than seeking something outside of ourselves or somebody else to tell us like who we are, or who we aren't, or what's happening or what isn't. Like even just from like the intuitive sense, right? It's like your body always knows, I think, before like you even do. And it's just like becoming aware of that. Right. Yeah. You so you're, do. And it's tuning into that like energetic feeling, your gut feeling, your heart feeling, like but it's hard. We have so much distractions, so much distractions. I like, oh, it's crazy. I sat down to try to do an hour meditation, which I've never sat down for an hour meditation in a long time, at least. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do an hour. I had like a lot of time that day. I was like, I'm going to do an hour meditation. <laughs> I like sat down and within the like first like seven minutes, I like did this unconscious, like reach for my phone. And I was like, Oh my God, no. <laughs> like it was so unconscious of just being yeah. like, put it down, put it down. And then I think I like fell asleep for like 20 minutes of the meditation, but I did it for an hour. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 
I do that too. You, it's like, it's literally a habit. Like, you'll, or you'll just like, look at your wrist or like, just open your phone. I'm like, or I'll open my phone. I'm like, what am I even opening this for right now? Like, what am I doing? And my brain just like goes dead for a second. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy how much distractions, but that's what like meditation is concentrating the mind too. Like, like there's such a thing with like flow and surrender right now we're flowing or surrendering in life, but you also kind of have to have control over your mind. That's what it means to like consciously live is, you know, having control over your actions, your thoughts, your words, who you talk to, what you ingest, what you bring in like through sound and music and reading. And it's like that, that takes control and focus and concentration over your mind. Like, it's not just like all flow and fluidity and surrender, because if you were just like totally in flow and surrender, you would be like scrolling for hours or something. Yeah. (laughs) It does. It takes a lot of control. It's like a balance between the two. Cause it takes, I think discipline too. I think that's probably a better word for it. It's like, it takes a lot yeah. of discipline to right. know like what serves and what doesn't and, and choose. Yeah. So guess last thoughts of like, what I would share with people is like, you are your own healer. Just keep diving inwards. Don't get distracted. I'm saying this to other people. Cause I'm saying it also to myself. Cause I am you, you are me. We're mirrors of our each other. <laughs> yeah. So if I need to hear it. You need to hear it. We all need to hear that. Just like it's, I mean, it's good to be inspired by other people. And I'm talking mainly about Instagram and scrolling, but limit it. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Well, speaking of Instagram, I wanted to, um, give you a chance to kind of plug yourself and see where people could catch up with you, follow you and, and get your book and stuff like that. So go ahead and plug away. (laughs) Yeah. Basically all I, I mean, I just post stuff on, on Instagram at Danny Butterly, um, different things, you know, and you can find my link to my book there, um, fuck the system just in the bio. It's about the only thing that I'm plugging. I mean, I have a Facebook, but it's not like my, my business or anything. Um, pretty soon probably be leading some retreats. We don't have those on the books yet, but me and my partner, um, are definitely talking about it. We're going on a retreat to facilitate in a week. I leave on Monday or less than a week. I'm so excited. Um, so our first one that we're co-facilitating, but we didn't do any of like the back end of it. We're just arriving and facilitating teaching yoga breath work. Um, so probably our next one will be doing real retreats. So that'll be something to look out. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. Where's the retreat? Uh, Costa Rica. Ooh, very exciting. Wow. So excited, especially because Arizona is so hot right now. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sure. But like rainy and I'm like rain on me, hydrate my soul. (laughs) So dry here. (laughs) That's funny. It's been so rainy here in New York. It's been like so rainy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down for the rain. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm sure. Rain on me. It's so sunny and hot all the time. Well, I will leave all of your links in the description and for everyone listening, everything's going to be linked below so you guys can follow Danny. But Danny, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you. All the tech problems aside, we made it happen. (laughs) Yes, we did. And then even if I was a little jumbled in the beginning, I got into the flow. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you.